Hey guys, welcome to a happy, sad, confused short. You heard that right. I have created a new category for this podcast. Uh, the short version. You might notice in your feed, this is uh, not the customary 30 to 45 to 50 minutes that the interviews uh, tend to be on Happy Second Fused. Uh, this is a briefer one, but I decided, you know what? It's Al frickin' Pacino. And my only criteria for this podcast is basically talking to people that I would want to hear myself. Uh, and when it comes to someone like Pacino, who uh, doesn't do a ton of press... Um, in fact, this is my first conversation with him uh, in my many years of doing this sort of thing. Um, I decided it was worth worth my while and hopefully worth your while to listen to a, uh, a really, you know, it's only 15 minutes long, but uh, there's a lot of insight and, and humor and pure Pacino <laughs> uh, we pack into this conversation. Um, some context for you guys. Uh, this was recorded... At the Toronto Film Festival, as I said, this happened very much at the last minute. Um, I didn't know I was sitting down to talk to him until a couple hours before. I Believe me, I wish I'd had time to prepare for a conversation like this. It was very much by the seat of my pants. Um, but when you get a chance to talk to someone like Pacino, you go for it. Um, people have asked me in recent years like who I've never talked to and that I wanted to. And he was pretty much at the top of the list, I'll be honest. I need a new one. Another one in that in that ilk is Warren Beatty, I always say. But Warren doesn't work much. Uh, Pacino is working. He just doesn't do a ton of press. Uh, in fact, he's working so much he had two films in Toronto. Uh, you'll hear us talk a little bit about both of them. Uh, primarily uh, Manglehorn, which is directed by the great David Gordon Green, uh, as well as a film called The Humbling, directed by Barry Levinson. Uh, Pacino's still working, still loving his craft. Uh, he's, I think he's over 70 now, but um, was vital and, and present and in good humor. And um, I was so, so, so thrilled to share this time with him. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get uh, when you've never spoken to somebody and somebody is the legend that Al Pacino is. But uh, I think if you're a fan of his, you'll get a kick out of this conversation. Um, he, we go into craft, uh, and, 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 and passion for, for filmmaking and whether that wanes, not to mention, uh, how his kids are keeping him young and in, in, in touch with pop culture today. Uh, plus a crazy story about how, uh, the great Al Pacino could have been, would have been, maybe should have been, no, he shouldn't have been Han Solo. He was offered the role, said no. You'll listen to that story if you listen to this podcast today. Um, want to mention a couple other brief things. Uh, if you haven't checked out last week's podcast, please do. It went up a little bit late uh, in people's feeds because of some issues with iTunes. Not our fault this time. Uh, Simon Pegg, great conversation, talking about his uh, very entertaining new film, Hector, uh, and the search for happiness. Check that out. He is awesome. Um, and, uh, as always, you know, hit me up on Twitter. We've got some really, really cool guests coming up and some exciting news, uh, brewing for the podcast. I don't want to say too much now, but, um, but there's good stuff cooking, uh, for the podcast in terms of who's going to be on it, how you're going to hear it, everything and anything. This is, uh, this is a good time for Happy Second Fuse. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. Some really, uh, exciting guests that I, I don't want to jinx because they, we haven't recorded them yet, but cool people are coming up um this is a conversation recorded at a party so audio issues disclaimer 
Uh, we sh- we shot this, or rather recorded this, uh, at his premiere party for the film Manglehorn. So what you're going to hear in the beginning is uh, Al and I kind of talking a little bit, kind of sort of off mic even. He's I don't think like you know we ne- we never really officially start until a couple minutes in. You'll hear that too. Uh, we're talking about his film uh, Salome. He actually uh, uh, directed a film. This is a film starring Jessica Chastain that he shot years ago before Jessica did all this amazing work that's since come out. Uh, he's directed a film of, Ch- of uh, uh, Salome with Jessica. He's also done a documentary about the, uh, Salome and the making of it uh, that is uh, being featured soon in, I think, select cities. So that's what you're going to hear at the outset of this in kind of a very casual conversation and then kind of the proper interview, as it were, starts and you'll hear the audio get a bit better. So I want to warn you about that. But um, enough caveats. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, this is, uh, this is pure Pacino. Uh, doesn't happen very often. Um, I'd be privileged if it happens again, but I'll take this one for now. Uh, here's a conversation with, uh, the amazing Al Pacino. I thought that, uh, the documentary didn't have the, the gravitas because a lot of the people watching it had no It doesn't have the context. They don't have... They don't know Salome at all. Yeah. They don't understand that Oscar Wilde wrote this yeah. play. They think of Oscar Wilde as... You know, and, and, and they're trying to figure out what is the play and all. But once you see the full yeah. charge of the play... I remember that, seeing you know, it when uh, what Marissa was in it, right? Marissa, yeah. that was a Broadway movie. Yeah, I saw that one. But you, it's an odd play. It's yeah. strange. It goes in... But it's funny. When we made a film of it, that thing that I'm very concerned about, very interested in, is, the, is getting a play and a film to merge. Right. Know, and trying to get that... Well... Something happens in the film that you have to close up. Yeah. And sometimes things are said in a more intimate way. Or, yeah. and, and you get a sense of the story, and of course she's so amazing. In this. Have you seen a play yet, Salome? See, I, have I, you I, seen I, Jessica? I play? haven't seen her do it, no. I mean, I can only imagine. What, what, what you see her do it? She's the best. She's, oh, she I'm really in love goes with her. Far. She's. <laughs> she um, that's great. Oh, sure, sure. Are you ready to do this? Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. Very much. All right. Would you mind uh, holding the microphone for us? Is that okay? Thank you so much. Sorry. Venice happened a couple days ago. You're, yes. You've been racking up the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yes, you bet. <laughs> and, yes. And here we are in Toronto where uh, Manglehorn yeah. and, of course, the humbling, a lot yeah. going on. Is this, I mean, film festivals must feel like a comfortable, fun place for you. Well, well, yeah, it, it, it's just that having two, you know, and in Venice I had two the same day, so I had, Two red carpets in one day. Right. You haven't lived till, till you've done that. That's <laughs> very unusual. I can imagine on my side, I'm not a big fan of the carpets. I can only imagine from your side of things. Yeah, it's, a, it's a journey. Talk to me. We were talking when we sat down a little bit about David Gordon Green, who is such a phenomenal talent oh, yeah. and brings oh, out remarkable performances. He is. He's, a, he's very special. And I feel it's, it's, it's a, the festival is a good place to see this film. Yeah. And I think it... It suits it, and I, like I said, I don't know if you heard me. Uh, it, t- the opportunity to see a movie on a big screen. I mean, <laughs> you only can go to festivals. It's to see true. It, it's becoming a rarer, sad it's form. It's rarer and rarer. Yeah. So, it's nice. That's nice. Are you, are you somebody that still goes to the theater? That sees. Do you enjoy seeing films in, in theaters well, as opposed to? Well, I, I especially like to see them on a big screen. Yeah. It's, it's 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 interesting because the movie Humbling that I did. I saw on a small screen a couple of times, right. and then when we saw it on a large screen, 
you see more. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not just my failing eyes, but also you do see more. Yeah. And 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 in these kind of pictures that are are, are sort of survived by their wits, you know, and their nuance sometimes. Yeah. You, you catch it, and when you catch it, you hear an audience laugh, and it's yeah. Do you feel when you read a script like this? Does it have any earmarks of a first-time screenwriter, or are you, were you shocked when you realized it was the first uh, produced work that it would be for Manglehorn? Which one are you Manglehorn. Manglehorn. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it feels like an experiment, which mm. is what I liked about it, because, and it feels like a David Gordon Green attempt at doing yet another different uh, thing. And I, I really thought, uh, why not go with this guy and see what it's like doing this independent film? Funny because the humbling was something I had read, Philip Roth novel, and uh, I thought, gee, this is a good, a good movie to make about an actor. Yeah. You know, it's a good. The reason I felt good about it is it was what I knew, a world I knew. Sure. I grew up in the theater, and it's about a theater actor going this way. So I thought that it might might work, and I called Barry Levinson, who then said. He really was uh, interested in it, and we, on my take on it too, because right. I, I saw a lot of humor in this. You know, the idea. I think Philip Roth wrote a, a, about an actor who was sort of falling apart, really, but and didn't and said he can no longer act. He, it's almost like it sounded like well, I can no longer write. So it was almost like Philip Roth's point of view was coming from a writer, which sure. is. Writers, but actors don't have that. Actors are not, you know, they are, it's all action with actors. Right. That's why they say action, you right. you go to it. And uh, once Marlon Brando once said, uh, 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 you know, when they say action, you don't have to go. <laughs> it's already happening. It's yeah, just... Yeah, it's just... So, because they always say action on movies. Sometimes they say action before the camera's rolling. Right. Because you got to do movies so fast nowadays. And they really are. It's, it's, they should call all movies rushing. <laughs> Is that a byproduct of digital cinema, of working yeah. where they can just keep rolling well, and they don't have to worry about changing, et cetera? It, it, no, not only that, it's also money because in the old days you did movies like Humbling, yeah. et cetera, like, but studios did them. Yeah. And you never thought about all kinds of publicity you have to go through in order for people to be aware that you have a movie. Yeah. There's 400 films in this festival. Great. And somebody told me either they're exaggerating, or, as, but but someone told me there's four hundred thousand submitted films. Now that's just too that's too far. It's an embarrassment of, of hopefully riches. Well, <laughs> one could argue, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I I mean, don't do, you, know. do you connect? Do you connect with what's playing, generally speaking, nowadays? Like when you see what's playing at the multiplex? Well, I I got really. I, I even got on the internet on Twitter because my, my young children took me to see, or I took them to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? right? And I was really impressed. I, I was very, I was really uh, impressed, especially with that 70s. Have you seen it? Of course. Well, amazing. 70s music. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And inventive and so funny and, and dark and deep. All the things Shakespearean. You know, <laughs> I, I was very, very uh, surprised by that. I have and a feeling you're going to get a phone call from, from Marvel from very Marvel, soon. From Marvel, yeah. I'm ready to go to Marvel. So. <laughs> you've, you've dabbled in the comic book world. Dick Tracy I'm a big fan of. Oh, I mean, Dick what Tracy, Warren did with yeah. that was remarkable. Oh, Warren, baby, did he? he 
sort of talked me somehow, cajoled me into doing it, yeah. charmed me because he'd charm anyone. Yeah. And before I knew it, it was a fun experience because there is no character of big boy in Dick Tracy. Right. So you have to make a big boy. So how do you make a big boy? <laughs> you make him big and you make his hands big. That's what we thought. Do someone with, I guess, elephantitis or something, right. and his head big, and you exaggerate it. Right. And finally, Warren would say, yeah, I think that's coming up with the heads too big. I mean, still work that stuff. Did I still it, wish I had that big head I first got. <laughs> Did you grow up with comic books? Were you like, like a Superman uh, or Batman or anything? No, I, I, I was never into that. Yeah. No, I, I, my mother worked and took me to the movies when she'd come home from work. So four or five years old, I was seeing things like The Lost Weekend. I don't know if sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. Ray Milan Ray won the yeah, Oscar yeah. for it, about yeah. an alcoholic. Yeah. And there was one scene where he hides the booze because he doesn't want anyone to know. And, and, and when he hides the booze, he was drunk. Right. So now he's sober and he needs the booze, but he's forgotten <laughs> where he's hid it. Sort of like when I drive somewhere in L.A. I go <laughs> where's, up, the and I, where's the car? Where's the car? But when I was doing it at age six, I was taken very seriously, and the adults would say, "No, Sonny, show us, show us the Lost Weekend." And I would do this scene. I'd open up the closet doors. I'd be frantic, and they would be laughing. And I thought, "What's so funny about this? It's serious." Um, if you'll indulge me, one one of those weird, like, um, I don't know if it's a true story or not, is that you you turned down Han Solo. Way back when? Is that true? Who's that? Han Solo from Star Wars, the Harrison Ford. Oh, part? I hate to say that because poor Harrison. Ford. I think he's doing okay. I mean, Don't he's worry. doing great, you know. <laughs> and and uh, it was at that time in in my career where where you know it just came up. And I was offered everything yeah. when it first I was in The Godfather. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I heard. They, yeah, they, they didn't care if I was right or wrong for the role, if I could act <laughs> or not act. He's in The Godfather. Offer him everything. So they offered me this uh, this movie, and I remember. Not understanding it when I read it, right? And uh, so an, another another missed opportunity. Just think of how your career could have, it could have oh, worked out sure. for you. Of course. You might have been a success. I might have been Harrison Ford. <laughs> That's successful. No, I think you yes. both did just fine. He's in some great movies. <laughs> Do you feel like um, does act does does the ability only get finer and more precise? And I, I mean, do you feel like you're a better actor than you've ever been? sitting here today you know it really is true that you 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 know i was doing a whole i was writing a whole paper on this and that and that i've seen an actor who remained nameless who's who is not not with us anymore but i saw him he passed on and i saw him when he was young do a great performance in a play yeah. and then he became extremely famous he was inspirational he inspired me i was a teenager and that performance is on i'll talk to you about it after yeah, yeah. It, it's on uh, kinescope uh, and and it's one of the great things it's 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 equal to when brando did streetcar sure it has that kind of thing anyway he uh, 30 years later did it again and it was, the and, was, gone, well, it was, was... exactly right it, it was crafted because he is a great actor was a great actor. and so when he did it I thought he's he's doing all it bless you <laughs> he's doing all the right things right. you know except the there's something, and I thought what was missing was when he was doing it when he was younger. It was a, it was connected to his own life. It was connected to where he was at at the time, and you could feel the desperation. You could feel him putting his whole soul into this role. Yeah. 
and and so you you want to keep that alive. And so, sometimes you you know you you, you need to. I think there's a, there's a tendency to get too technical and yeah. learn your stuff, and but I think uh, it, it's 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 a good idea to look at the roles and say, do I connect to them yeah. and and throw away what you've learned? I don't know that it's in, it's impossible. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm going to do a role when I'm doing playing a part. I don't know. It's on an empty canvas, so I don't know quite what's going to come out there, and I, I, I sort of prefer it that way. So like, when's the last time like you were on set and you literally said to yourself or out loud, I'm lost, I don't know what I'm doing here? Oh, uh, I've said it recently. Yeah? Yeah, I have. I don't want to mention the picture. <laughs> I don't want to mention anything. Fair so enough, I don't know what enough. this interview is going to be about. Um, I'm curious, you have, a, you have two teenage children. And I'm wondering if they, you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, do you feel like they keep you connected to sort of pop culture nowadays? Like, have you... Like well, it's YouTube all the time, yeah. you know. It's YouTube all over again. It's just, there it is. It's in front of me. And it's, you know, things on it are just so interesting, funny. Yeah. And my son is always showing me something. You know, it's great. And they make, they make films. And they do it on their phone. And they're interesting, they're, you know, and creative. And you see this stuff. And it's kind of, a, it's interesting. At the same time, my daughter does it. My young daughter. My oldest daughter is a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, she she was going to be here at the festival, but she's ill in New York. But in L.A., uh, my my daughter just writes and stuff, and she's a young... And my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter are writers, and they love it. They love writing. But that doesn't stop her from making these videos and right. doing all this. It's very influential what you people do here, you know? Well, it's, like it's an age where you can experiment with yeah. little cost and little... Exactly right. You know, Coppola once said a few years back, he said, you know, with this camcord when it started, he said, you know what we're going to do one day? We're going to find uh, a seven-year-old exactly. girl in the Midwest who's the next Mozart prophetic. of he film. Really was, he saw it. He did. He saw it, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, oh, sure, sure. You could ask me anything. <laughs> um, so have, have the kids uh, dragged you to a Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift concert? Well, it, 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 not yet. It's tough, you know, when, when we go across the street, they, they don't like being the, the attention that, right. you know, because I, I, you get the paparazzi following you, and uh, they don't like that very much. Right. But they want me to get them tickets for the thing. Sure. So, so my daughter's got some group now that I'm sure the audience is familiar with right. that she wants, and she, I just say yes, you know, and then we work it out when we're to, when we're 3,000 miles away, I just say, okay, honey, we'll work something out. Yeah, we always Report back to me on how yeah, the concert went. We negotiate and all this, you know. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, congratulations on, on two fine pieces of work. And oh, I thank you. you. Enjoy the rest of your thank day. you very much. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice meeting you. Thanks.